Welcome to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Get ready to hear God, encounter the supernatural, and discover your destiny. Doug is a prophetic speaker, author, and coach whose message of love, hope, and having fun reaches people around the world. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com. Hey friends, Doug Addison here, another Spirit Connection podcast. We're going to go into the deep end. That's right, the deep end of the spirit, the deep end of the pool today. It's going to be so much fun. We're going to venture into understanding how God speaks, especially through the seer gift. Now, many people have this gift. You don't even realize it. Jesus actually had the seer gift, the ability to see things in the spirit. I've got a special guest that's going to join me in just a little bit. But let's get things rolling. Lord, just open our eyes to see. I pray right now that the heavens would be opened and we would have eyes to see, ears to hear what you're saying right now, no matter what our gifts are, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you know, it's really interesting because we tend to have one gift over another. And in the past, the church has had this understanding that we should go after the one gift, not really understanding that Jesus and his disciples actually operated in all the gifts. And now that we have the Holy Spirit, we actually have access to all the gifts. That means that you can prophesy, you can operate in any of the gifts as needed. It's called situational gifting. And I operate this way. Jesus operated that way. Once you understand this, you're going to know that you probably operate in one gift over another. Like for me, prophecy is my number one gift. But I tell you, right up there with prophecy is evangelism. And I have access to all the gifts just like you do. In fact, it's it's good to think of it as a Holy Spirit tool belt. What you're wearing, it, it's a really good thing. But you can actually be born with a gift like Jeremiah was born. It says in Jeremiah 1, from the time of his mother's womb, he came forth as a prophet to the nations. Or you can get a gift by the laying on of hands. When the apostle Paul said to Timothy, fan into flame the gifts that were given to you or imparted to you by the laying on of hands, he was reminding him of some things that had happened previously. So you can receive gifts or you can have them actually inherited down to you. It doesn't matter. Just operate them is what I say. Have some fun in the pool of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to be talking about the seer gift. That happens to be one of my major ways of hearing God. Now, some prophetic people, we're all, by the way, we all have the ability. If you want to look at the gifts, you can go to 1 Corinthians 12. has a list of the gifts. There's actually more of them, but those are the basic ones. And you'll notice that there's some revelatory gifts. The prophetic gifts there is the gift of prophecy. The words or message of knowledge, words or message of wisdom, the words of discernment. You can have the discernment of spirits. You can have these different levels of hearing God. Now, most people have been trained in the past. In fact, I was trained by people who are what I call the sayer prophets. These are the ones that just open their mouth and they say things from the Lord. And the Holy Spirit flows through them and they're receiving from the Lord but there's also another gift called the seer gift. And the seer gift is really interesting because Jeremiah 1, 11 and 12, the word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see a branch of an almond tree 
I replied, the Lord told me, you've seen correctly, for I'm watching to see that my word is fulfilled. Now, unless you know Hebrew, you don't know how much that's actually like a, like a little riddle, because the Hebrew word for watching rhymes with almond trees. So the Lord was giving this riddle, kind of like the parables later on when Jesus spoke in parables. We miss some of this in translation, but a seer could look at something like a movie or a commercial on TV. You ever see that where a song comes on the radio and suddenly the Lord speaks to you and he brings it into the modern day application for you. That's kind of like what a seer does. Uh, Some people think that seers just see visions and that's all we do, but actually it goes way beyond that. In Isaiah 29, 10, the Lord has brought over you a deep sleep. He has sealed your eyes, the prophets, and he's covered your heads, the seers. Now, he was talking about a season during that time of Isaiah where the prophets, you know, had this sleep going on, but they were only covering their eyes. When he talked about the seers, he had to cover their whole head because seers tend to sense everything. We have all the senses. If your whole head was covered, that means you could discern as a seer, you could know, you could smell in the spirit, you could hear in the spirit, you could see in the spirit. That's why when the Lord goes, you know, it's hard to shut a seer down. That's what I say. If you have one particular gift, like you hear God a certain way, sometimes the enemy can try to get you off track. But you know, with a seer, the enemy tries to hit you in the area of not being able to see or discern. Then you have all the other gifts to kick on. And I operate in the fullness of this. And also, these people who dream, the dreamers, are probably seers. Now, you don't have to operate in this office or the office of a prophet like me. You don't have to. In fact, it takes years to get here and a lot of pain, and we're not all called to it. But you can have the prophetic gift, and you can activate the seer gift. Now, when I operate in the seer gift, I can go to a movie and come away with a message from the Lord. And it happens all the time. You know, a song will come on the radio. But here's what I recommend. The more that you know a certain area of your life, like if you listen to music all the time, then the Lord's going to speak through music. If you do a certain thing, like if you watch TV or you do a certain thing, a certain sport, the Lord's going to speak to that, like gardening. He's going to speak through. But I tell you, if you spend time in God's Word, the Bible, He'll do that too. Most people don't have enough of the Bible. I'm just saying this. Listen, that's why you want to understand the Bible so God can speak to you through His Word. And a lot of times in the past for me, as a seer, I mean, I've been trained and been around some of the major seers, the late seer prophet Bob Jones and John Paul Jackson was a seer, Larry Randolph, a seer. I just have been around this gift for so long, and I started to understand something deeper about the gift is that sometimes you feel like you're nuts. I mean, you're hearing God all the time, but you're not sure. Was that you, Lord? Was that me or was that another source? And, you know, that takes time to discern what God's saying. You can learn to discern. And I believe right now that we're in a time that God is raising up seers. Now, you don't have to step into the office of the prophet, like I said, but God is raising up that seer gift right now to be able to see and say what he's doing, to be able to sense, to know, 
to operate in all these gifts. Now, I train people in this, in my um, Hearing the Voice of God online activation school. I train how to learn to discern the difference between the gifts. But here's what I understand. God has given us all the gifts through the Holy Spirit. So if you have a gift that you operate more in, let's say that yours is teaching or administration, or you have some type of apostolic or entrepreneurial gift, you can still hear the Lord. And this is why you still need to learn to discern. You don't need to be a prophet, but you can still hear the Lord in the midst of all these different gifts, and it might look different for a teacher. So I always joke and say, when I go into a church, then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit shows up, the people start to respond based on their gifts. So the teachers start to pull out the Bible and, and get messages and the worshipers begin to, you know, continue to worship and the intercessors fall down crying. The administrators suddenly go, oh my goodness, we better go put on the coffee and get some bologna sandwiches because this meeting's going to go long. You know, we start operating in our gifts, but you can hear the Lord in the midst of all those gifts. Now, I have a special guest who's a good friend of mine, and he's got a seer gift. His name is Jamie Galloway, and he carries a revival message that imparts a lifestyle of the supernatural. I know this because I know him personally. I've done some stuff out in the streets. We've ministered together for a number of years. And Jamie's journey into the supernatural is so wild. His stories are so wild. So he's got a really broad ministry. He's able to operate in all these different arenas. And he's done church planting. He's a conference speaker. I've watched him do some outreach stuff that's so wild. I've watched the Holy Spirit move on Jamie in such out-of-the-box ways. So he's currently involved in some various projects that we'll be talking about, but he's got a couple of new books. His new book is Secrets of the Seer, and he's also the author of Supernatural Revolution. So I'm really excited. JV and his wife and his family are in Pennsylvania. So I'm so thrilled to have him on the podcast. Hey, Jamie, welcome to the broadcast. We're so glad to have you. Doug, it's good to be here. Wow. So, hey, you know, maybe some people know about you, others might. So let's just get to know you. Tell us about yourself, your ministry, your family. I think I said at the beginning you were in Pennsylvania, but you've moved since then. Yeah, you know, we did a little tour of the East Coast. And uh, before we moved to Nashville, I moved down to South Carolina for a couple of years. And that's probably where uh, the, the missing years between you and I go. Because <laughs> uh, I used to have you out a ton out in Pennsylvania, and we had some good times at that point. But uh, we wanted to be closer to the South, and so we moved to South Carolina, and um, it was a good it was a good little little moment because I needed to detox. I pastored for several years, and I needed to detox from that, and so I ended up working together with Darren Wilson, who does uh, a lot of the documentaries that are Holy Spirit you know, adventures on the streets. You've been in those. Yeah, and, that's right. Uh, Father of lights. Yeah. And so I worked together with him and we did a bunch of television together and then some movies. And so I had a great time, but now we're based in Nashville and just uh, about a year and a half. And it's been really good. And so enjoying life here, basing out of here, traveling, doing a lot of prophetic coaching, a lot of prophetic uh, ministry. And, um, and then I run a lot of online stuff including a seer masterclass 
and some other coaching stuff online as well. So it's been a phenomenal year. Yeah. And so your family, uh, your wife, I've met them. Uh, you have a couple of kids, right? Yeah, I got two. And they are just crazy, wild, adventurous kids, nine and five. And so my daughter who's nine and she's a seer. She has some really wild encounters. And then I've got a five-year-old boy and he's, he's, uh, he's my little uh, wrestle buddy. So we just have a great time. And my wife, she's doing her thing, which is more based on bringing women out of human trafficking. And so she, she danced professionally for Nashville ballet. So she's repurposed that and now is using it to bring therapy and healing through the power of movement to these women who have come out of human trafficking. I love that, man. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah, well, sounds like it's going good for you. Now, we met a long time ago. I can't even remember, but uh, we were doing oh, some yeah. events together, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, we went all over. Florida, Alaska. That would have been in yeah. the early 2000s or mid-2000s. That was a great time. Yeah, it was. We were doing a prophetic school, and it was yeah. powerful, powerful time. And I uh, just really love your heart and your ministry. And boy, the Lord has just really gifted you. I just, every time I see you, it's like a Swiss Army knife. I never know what's going to come out next. Come on. Yeah. You know, for me, I've sat under a lot of different mentors and I've been around just, uh, you know, you get around this space and there's tremendous gifting. People have a lot of different insight, revelation and gifting. And I'm kind of a hog. I like to, I, I'm like, I get greedy when I get around this stuff. (laughs) And so you know, because I know I'm going to give away. I know I'm going to be pouring it to others. And, and so I have every reason to. And so, you know, mine's an equipping and, and mentoring ministry. And so I, I'm just like, hey, teach me. I want to glean from you whatever you have. I want to learn. And so, you know, I'm on this journey, Doug, of learning and taking as many people as I can with me. I love that, man. He's just taking the names, taking no names, however you say it, and just going for it, man. And I know that about you. I know that when when we'd be in the back room talking about you know, at a meeting, you we both we'd pick up on something or pick something up from the Lord, and we go out and we'd impart it to everybody. I mean, we would just sit and waste it. It was so much fun. Yeah. So now you got this new book. And uh, maybe just tell us about the book, because I felt really strongly at the beginning when we started this, is that there's something going to open up for this. Oh, yeah. This has been a really a phenomenal journey with this particular book. And it's just been super surprising to me. The name of the book is called Secrets of the Seer. And it's been out for a little less than a year. It'll be coming up on a year now. But the entire year, is it's just moving and equipping people. I I get emails and Facebook messages and Instagrams from people all over the world. And it's just been remarkable. I put this book together because I, for me, was was really, uh, you know, just disappointed that I never had a mentor in this space. And being a seer, I was kind of, you know, looking and searching who can help me. And I glean from, you know, different people here and there, but I really didn't have anyone to teach me the nuts and bolts, teach me, you know, the lifestyle of a seer. And so I put this book together that, that focuses on 10 keys that activate the frequency of seer encounters. And during, throughout this book, and it's written 
in, in, in a way that's progressive and that the first secret all the way up to the 10th secret, it, it, it leads you to greater glory as you read. So I've just, Doug, I've had a great time not only hearing the testimonies, but seeing the fruit because people are, people are reading this and they're saying, look, I've, li- I've read a lot of books on the seer. I've read, a, I, I, I've listened to a lot of different stuff, but this is the first one I feel like that has given me sort of the nuts and bolts and equipped me to live a lifestyle that, that brings about seer moments in my life. So I'm enjoying it. And, yeah. and a lot of people are really grabbing a hold of this message. Wow. Sounds practical. So uh, how did you discover You said you had 10 keys, right? How did you discover them? Yeah. Just over the years, through trial and error, like I said, I just had no one mentoring me. So I started researching as much as I could from the mystics all the way to present day, you know, contemplative study, contemplative practices. And I started taking these and kind of uh, reverse engineering, dissecting them, breaking them down and going, okay, how do I put this in a easy to use, you know, modern discipline that I can put together just for me? And this was really for me before it was anybody else. And I started practicing these over the years. Some of them already were happening in my life. I just wasn't that intentional. And so I started utilizing these intentionally. And man, the, the incredible encounters that have opened up in my life with heaven, with the Lord, with you know, the realm of the supernatural, with angels. It's just when you embrace these and practice these, these keys, these perspectives, something shifts in your life. And I think it's really creating a space for that atmosphere to happen, you know, because the seer is all about setting the, the environment, setting the ambiance. And then when those things are practiced, it seems to be that our ears, our eyes, and our heart are opened up to receive, to see, to hear, and to have these supernatural uh, type of encounters. Yeah, that's Isaiah 29.10. It is, talks about the prophet's eyes can get closed, but a seer has to, they'd have to cover his whole head or his or her entire head because when, as a seer, you, you sense everything seems to be activated. So, you know, as you're getting these things, you know, I, well, first of all, I just noticed that you just said that you talked about the seer nature as opposed to the gift. Yeah, yeah that is a huge shift in thinking from being a gift-based idea, you know, or a gift-based practice or a gift-based manifestation. Now I'm really discovering that everyone is a seer. It's just not everyone knows what to look for. And so, you know, when, when we talk about hearing the voice of God for, you know, 20, 30 years, there's been people in this space really charting, pioneering that everyone can hear the voice of God. Well, if everyone can hear, could it be true that everyone also can see? If someone doesn't see in life, it's, it's an exception. It's not the rule. And so why do we think the same thing in the spirit? Why don't we think, wow, everyone can see. What is it that we're doing that really either enhances it or keeps us from seeing? And so I want to break it down and make it more about nature rather than gifting, because we have a new nature. We've been given this incredible new nature, and now we get to out of this new nature live in this lifestyle of seeing and encountering the goodness of God. 
Wow, this is wild. I love this is exactly how the Lord has been using me, you know, creating the lifestyle, creating the the environment so that you can actually step into this and, and have these encounters and uh, I just want to know more about it. Let us know about the 10 keys or or how we can apply it to our life right now. Yeah, you know, one of them that people use so often and they they do not realize the power of it is the secret of sound music and whether it's you know theme or mood music that's like a score for a movie or or even spiritual music that awakens your soul awakens your senses all of these evoke something they awaken something in us and i now take advantage of this key that when i go to bed i'm put on in the background mood music for a dream life. You know, I'm a dreamer. You're a dreamer, Doug. I know this about you. And I want to create an environment that dreams become more frequent in my life. And I found that when I play certain music in the background, as I'm drifting off and I put it on repeat through the whole night that I dream more often. It's almost like it's, it's that moment where Saul, David, it says, David came and played and the Spirit of God came upon Saul, you know, and, and then there's other moments where the Spirit of God seems to connect with music, and this prophetic thing awakens. And when, when we do embrace this and use this, I find people increase the frequency of dreams in their life. And this is the type of music that is not going to keep you, like, on high alert through the night, you know what I mean? It's not, you know, we're not listening to something, you know, like Thrasher or, you know, <laughs> we're, we're listening to something that creates it more of the calm. It connects you to the spirit of God. And so when I put this on through the night, I have dreams, I have encounters. I mean, it's just wild. It seems to be like, a, you know, almost a cinematic experience where the mood music is playing in the background and I go into this dream and there's times in dreams where you start hearing this music. You know, you, 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 you're not just having it outside, but it invades your dreams as well. And I think it keeps your spirit alert. It keeps your spirit awake. And that's one of the keys that I think people can use right now. It's super user-friendly. It's just find some music that really brings you into the presence of God and awakens your spiritual senses. And, and that's what worship is. Worship is an activation of our spiritual senses and connecting with the goodness and glory of God. And so I use that as a key, as a tool, and I found massive increase. Yeah. Now, I've never tried it for sleeping, but I do have a playlist that I put on when I get up in the morning, Alexa, Shuffle Morning Worship. And it's a special playlist that actually aligns me with heaven. I don't want to. I don't want to play that later on in the day because I I actually start to go into this deep place. And, yeah, I get no work done, but I didn't realize you know that that's actually part of it, huh? Yeah, you know, and it's like that song that really you connect with that sound, and it it awakens something in you. And what people don't realize is that's an invitation. It's an invitation to encounter. But as soon as you connect with that sound, then you can actually go back there again. And so I have a soundtrack, one of the, the soundtracks that I use called No Sleep for Dreamers. 
And I'm not sure, I can't remember who put this together, but it's just phenomenal. And it's just all musical. It's instrumental. There's no words. And I put it on, but that sound, it's almost like that frequency. When I hear it, it puts me in a state of revelation. It gets me connected to the spirit of God. And it's sort of like autopilot. And, you know, they found these just in pop psychology today, Doug, they found that there are certain sounds that when you use them often, they'll put you in a state of autopilot. For instance, if someone wants to work out more often, you know, you should probably, the first song on your playlist when you're working out should be a certain song that you're going to play every single time you're going to work out because it's going to, it's going to set the tone and it's actually going to activate a habit loop because our brains are wired for habits. Yeah. Well, if they're wired for habits, not every habit is bad. There are some habits that we we can create and create a habitat of God's presence. And when we do, basically we're engaging something that we it's almost like a door in the spirit that we already know how to enter into and that sound opens that door. And so I use the secret of sound so often especially in times when I'm having a hard time connecting. I'm having a hard time like, man, my dreams seem to be very dull, or maybe I'm not having the vibrancy of my dreams, and I need to restore those. I use the secret of sound, and, and it's amazing. The fruit and people are using these type of secrets. And once they hear and, and read about this, it's almost, they're like, aha, it's an aha moment. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that that was what was happening. And so now I keep these as a as sort of a staple in my spiritual diet. I do these practices over and over and over. Yeah, it's alignment, basically, on earth as it is in heaven. It lines things up for you. It's real cool. I love this, man. So go ahead. Let's go deeper on it. Yeah. You know, another one, Doug, I, that I found so fascinating is the secret of imagination. And this really became a reality for me when... I was actually in the Middle East, and I'm, I'm brought into a conference. And in the Middle East, they have these, for the churches there, they have these massive compounds where they gather, and they're kind of all allowed to gather in this one space. And so tons of people there. And what I sat down on the front row, and I'm about to get up to speak. But in my imagination, Doug, I get up. And this is not, this is not my spirit leaving my body. I actually, in my imagination, got up. I walked over to the pastor's wife. I looked at her feet and I said, there's something wrong with your feet and God is healing your feet right now. And I saw myself come back in my imagination and sit down in me. And so I get the microphone and I'm immediately given the opportunity to basically move into this. And I do just as I saw in my imagination. So I, I literally walked the steps that I saw in my imagination, Doug, and I walked over to her and I, and I said, there's something wrong with your feet. God is healing them right now. And she lifts her hands up. And when she does, she's, you could tell like the spirit of God is on her and she's automatically getting healed right then. Well, when I said this, no longer was it in my imagination. It was like a veil was pulled back. And I'm telling you, the only thing that I can like kind of 
you know, liken it to or what it looks like is when Frodo put the ring on in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if that image makes sense, but it was like this veil was lifted and I felt this presence come all, all around my face. And when I did, it, it's almost like I was, I was enveloped in the spirit realm and I started seeing every illness in the room with open eyes. Wow. And I went and I knew I had 30 seconds, Doug, to shoot off as many of these as possible. So I literally was like running, sprinting around the room going, you know, you're getting healed of this and you're getting healed of this and you're getting healed of this and you're getting healed. of And it was like people all over the room spontaneously getting healed because I'm now seeing with my natural eyes. And it started off in the eyes of my imagination. And so what, what I've come to, to discover is that we have two different sets of eyes. We have eyes outside and we have eyes within. And the eyes within, when we learn to not just see with our physical eyes, but our eyes within, which are our spiritual eyes, then we can see the world from heaven's perspective and then act on it. And it's what I see in scripture as the, the eyes of the imagination. Wow. And, uh, it's, it's powerful. Ephesians one talks about this. And I know, you know, this Doug, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Right. And now how does that manifest? It says in Ephesians one seventeen eighteen nineteen. 18, it says the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Exactly. And this word eyes is ophthalmos. This word understanding is cardia, which is where we get cardiologists. It's about the heart. And, and so the eyes of your heart, the, the eyes of your innermost being, the eyes of your heart being enlightened. And this word enlightened is so fascinating, Doug. It actually means photo flash. It, the Greek word being used there is photizo. It means photo flash. And it's the same word, like a root word or a comparison word to photography. So your imagination is getting snapshot images all day long from the Spirit of God. Can we pay attention to those and then take advantage of those and turn those into natural moments around us that really glorify what God is doing? Yeah. Is this the same as the mind's eye? Yeah. You know, the mind's eye and uh, the eyes of your understanding, they're, they're the same. But what happens is it says, he goes, look, the spirit of wisdom and revelation need to enlighten the eyes of your understanding. Now, when people talk about the mind's eye, there's another moment where Paul's talking about the renewal of the mind. This is so fascinating because I found this, is that he says that you would be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And there's a place in between where I believe our spirit and our mind connect called the spirit of the mind. And it's an invisible sort of area of our brain that connects our mind to the spirit realm. And um, there's, I don't know if you've heard this, Doug, this is fascinating, but there was these, these ladies in Pennsylvania, and I heard this story while I was living in Pennsylvania, and they, they had these neuroscientists that were, that were studying prayer. And so they wanted to study specifically praying in tongues. And they had these Pentecostal ladies, old style Pentecostal. I'm talking about like, you know, they get crazy at church, you know? And 
so they they have these old style Pentecostal ladies, tongue talkers come <laughs> in and you know plug in their brain to this neural imaging scan, and then they had a bunch of different people from different faiths come together and pray, and they they compared all of them together. Now, when people prayed of all the different types of faiths, they they found that on the frontal lobe of their brain, the neural imaging scan showed that there was like a high level of activity in the frontal lobe. And this is the area that is active when you're holding or hosting a, a conversation with someone, right? And so, you know, right now we're dialoguing on this podcast. My frontal lobe is like on fire, you know, think about it like that. But they found when these ladies prayed in tongues, that there was an invisible area of the brain previously undetectable activated the frontal lobe was not activated but they're going our neuroimaging scan is picking up something that has never been seen before and it's it's sort of this invisible undetectable area of the brain that when they're praying in tongues was activated unlike the other times when people are praying with their understanding and so what this shows us is there is a there is a supernatural element to your mind there's a supernatural element to your brain. And when you are in the presence of God, it gets awakened. And that's when you start getting brilliant ideas. You know, you get a download, you get a brilliant idea. Well, these ideas are not just, you know, good ideas, they're God ideas. And, you know, I mean, I know there's things that I think of that I'm like, man, my brain could not come up with that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, it's, it's just cool to see that even science today is discovering these supernatural realities and they're, they're going, you know, here's one, what is consciousness? Science is having a hard time because when does consciousness begin? And consciousness, this idea that we are aware that we are aware and, and that we have personality, we have sort of a life within us that is activated. Well, when does that begin? And who, who made that happen? Science is trying to figure these things out. And that's really the spirit of your mind. It's activated in the presence of God. And all of a sudden, you start seeing things, hearing things. And it's just phenomenal. I think these type of things, you know, your imagination, it's no longer your pretend center. It's a place where God loves to speak to you. Yeah, I love this because you're putting language to something here. Now, most people have been afraid to step out. They've been afraid of being deceived and things like that. And, and of course, we do need to renew our minds. And, you know, the Lord says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. But at the same time, he says, you can have the mind of Christ. And I think that's what you're talking about here, right? Yeah, totally. The mind of Christ. And, you know, when you are connected to the Spirit of God, so it says, he was joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. We now have the mind of Christ. And a lot of people, if they pay attention, they'll start to hear another voice. But the voice of God doesn't just come in in words. It doesn't just come in hearing. Mm. In Revelation, he says, and I turn to see the voice. You know, and that's what's fascinating about the voice of God, the voice from heaven, is that when it's speaking to us, it often comes in a, not just hearing, but seeing. And then we need to make sense. And so I go, what's the difference between hearing and seeing? Well, in hearing, we hear God's voice, but in seeing, we see the message. And there's a message that he's trying to convey to us. 
And, and it's not only in the spirit or just invisible realities. You know, one of the things that is often missed, and, and this is fascinating. I'm going to tell this story. This is really super cool, Doug. There are natural moments around us that are highlighting what's going on in the spirit. And we have to begin to see these because if we have lens of heaven now, and now we no longer look at things according to the natural, we look according to the supernatural, the spiritual. And so these natural occurring events, they seem to be God hidden in plain sight. And, you know, pay attention what your eyes connect to, because often God is actually trying to speak to us in natural phenomena, natural events. I'll give you an example. I was up in Toronto two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, and there's a little place called Catch the Fire that, you know, they had a move of God, move of the Spirit years ago, and they're, they're just stewarding this now. So I came in to minister to their staff. So I'm prophesying over the staff, and as I'm doing this, I look up, and the name of their room or the name of the ministry the first letters in the name of the ministry are ATT, and it's either, I don't know what the word is. I can't even remember what the whole word is, but it's just the first three letters of the word are ATT, okay? And so I'm looking at this couple, and bam, bam, I start getting two words of knowledge about this couple. I said, I think you're from California, and the way I saw that was in my imagination, I saw a map, and it was California. And so I said, I think you're from California. And I, I kind of put these things in a, like a user-friendly, like question way, you know, almost like I had, there's room for error. You know, I make, I make mistakes and I, I may not see correctly, but I just go, I think you're from California rather than like, God says you're from California, you know? Yeah, right. And, uh, and so I said, I think you're from California. And she's like, yep. And I, as I, I looked in my imagination, I started looking. See, there's a difference between seeing and looking. Looking is an action. And I looked, and I, in my imagination, saw it focusing on L.A. And I said, it's from L.A., I believe? And she says, yes. And then I looked at the guy, and I began to get this date. But it didn't make sense to me. And so I look over, and just my mind is wandering, my eyes are wandering, and I see this word written on the wall. And I'm not seeing the spirit. I'm seeing in the natural now, Doug. And it's like the name of a ministry there or something that they do. And I'm just going to have to go out and write them and find what it was. But in the first three letters, it says ATT. And so I'm looking at this. I'm kind of pausing. I'm looking at it. And I go ATT, ATT, AT and T. And so I, I'm doing the math in my brain. And I look at the guy, I said, were you in telecommunications? And I said, I know we're in a ministry event and you're on staff here, but were you previously in telecommunications? And the whole room was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and he freaked out, like, how did you know that? And well, I didn't reveal the secret in the sauce. You no, know, I, huh? just, I, you know, I wanted it to be a wow moment for them. So I'm going, God, that was God, because. I mean, it was super cool how it all happened, but I see these words, AT&T, ATT, and it's the first three letters in a, in a word written on the wall of the church, and it's, it's literally written there. In the natural. You went today, in the natural. But you know what? We need to look in the natural 
no longer at things as ordinary, but is there an extraordinary thing hidden in plain sight? Is there a God moment hidden in plain sight? And it just highlighted for me, you know, God is constantly weaving himself into natural moments all around us. And do we have eyes to see? I love that, man, because that happens to be all the time. But the reason you don't tell it to them, because then they start to doubt your word. You know, if you saw it in the natural or, you know what I mean? I, and I tell you, especially during outreach, you know, you'll see something written on their shirt and the Lord says that's what's going on in their life, you know, and that type of thing, right? Totally. Yeah. Bounce off of that stuff. And when your eyes are drawn to it, you know, if we have the mind of Christ, that means that our eyes are connected to the mind of Christ. If your eyes are drawn to it, there's got to be a reason. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you just described what's been happening to me. And last year, I, you know, our listeners know that I had 50 days behind the veil of heaven last year in 2017. And I want to tell you, I thought it was coming through my imagination. I tell you, the Lord told me ahead of time. He says, I want you to get dictation software on your Mac, get it updated, get a headset because I'm about to visit you. And I'm waiting for the Bob Jones type of, you know, Jesus comes in, you know, my spiritual fathers. and But, you know, it came in my mind's eye. It came in my imagination. But it would line up with the Bible. I'd open the Bible, and then I would see, I'd read it, and I would see a full, like you just described, and I would dictate it. And at first, I, I was disappointed because it didn't come like Bob talked about, you know, and the other, our fathers before us. But I tell you, what Jamie's talking about right now is the nuts and bolts of how we can see. And as long as you renew your mind and you moved in this, I mean, this is so powerful, very similar to what I do right now. Number one and two is how I start my day. Every single day, I put on the music to a line, I get in a sound, and then I read the Bible and I my anointed imagination begins to dictate things of God with names. I mean, I can look the names up on the internet. I'm just saying, I try to help people to understand how you can trust this as you move into it. Yeah, come on. And you know, it's fascinating because angels, you know, one of the things that we find often what leads people to this conversation, Doug, is that there's, there's sort of this desire to know the invisible world, because that's where we'll live. We will live in heaven for eternity, you know, in, in the presence of God. And so it's, it's like a, a beacon going off in our heart, a homing signal going, I want to know more about this. And angels seem to be one of the things that people sort of start to want and desire to know. And it's, it's not just this angel fascination. It's actually we're wanting to know what home is like, you know, we want to know what heaven is like. And, uh, and, you know, angels, it's funny. You talked about Bob Jones. One time Bob said this, a friend of mine went to go see him and uh, was at his house and walked up to his house. And Bob says this, he says, Hey boy, you know, uh, the angel of the Lord was just here. And he told me to tell you this, blah, 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 blah. And he prophesied over him. And so he goes in the house and my friend, who's not, not skeptical, but he's analytical. And, you know, there's a difference between the two. Yeah. Being analytical and being skeptical. For instance, Thomas, he's, it's so funny because people all the time concerning Thomas, the disciple, they put him down 
not knowing that he's actually analytical, he's not doubtful. You know, he's, and he was the one that of all of them got to touch the Lord. Not, you know, none of the other ones he got to touch because he inquired. And I feel like we're often almost trained. We're not allowed to inquire because that would be seen. That would be like unbelief or doubt. And so I strongly encourage being analytical, but being doubtful is a different thing. And so my friend who's analytical, he says, now, Bob, tell me, did you see the angel with your eyes or did you see him with your imagination, with your spirit? And Bob looked at him. He said, boy, I'm not going to tell you. He says, (laughs) because if I tell you, you would not believe me. And it, it gave him this understanding that because Bob said to him, it doesn't matter whether I see him with my eyes or I see him with my imagination. It's the same thing. Wow. And, you know, that's the kind of level of expectation that I want to have in the wow that I want to have about what God is doing in my life. And, you know, it's funny. I remember going out to, to lunch one time with Bob and it's over at his house and we all go and it was like the sizzler. You remember going to the yeah. sizzler with Bob, yeah. you know? It's like, you know, it was one way to just make Bob's day was take him to the Sizzler. So I went to the Sizzler with Bob and we're sitting down and he goes, hey, boy, how long you been going to heaven? And I told him and he goes, oh, man, that'll keep you young. And he goes, all my friends have passed away. I'm the only one living because I've been going to heaven. (laughs) And so I'm listening to this sage. You know, Bob was just this prophet of of God that just had so much wisdom. And in the middle of this, he's got steak in his mouth. He's trying to chew (laughs) and he looks down and there's this tiny little fleck of gold in between a crack on the wood table. And he looks at it and he goes, do you see that boy? And I'm, I'm looking at, I go, yeah. And he goes, you see what it is? I said, what is it? And he goes, It's the glory of God. And when he said that, it was so, it like rippled through my my mind, my my spirit, that this little fleck, this guy, this prophet, who basically shaped the lives of millions of people around the world in his prophecies and in his encounters with the Lord, he would say he, he, he made such a big deal about that tiny little fleck of gold where everybody else might overlook it. And and might say, oh, somebody came in here, you know, with a prom dress on and like little little flecks of something came off their prom or, you know, but he made a big deal. And I was like, man, I never want to miss a God moment because my, my mind just kind of dismisses it and goes, I would rather be willing to even fall into like error or excess instead of pushing it away and being being comfortable with lack. Yeah, come on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like people listening right now, Doug, they're so afraid of access. But, you know, God gives us the ability to experiment, to figure it out. He's wanting us not to worry about, man, if I make a mistake, because it's not about being perfect. You know, it's about exploration. It's about discovery. Yeah, come on. And you know, people can get that fear off of them, knowing that they are secure in Jesus and that in that stuff, this exploration, you know, people are all the time worried. Are you sure that was an angel? 
and I'll be real. There are times when I thought something was an angel and it was just a smoke alarm in the middle of the night going off and it was not going off out, uh, loud, but it was just the light blinking. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. I mean, and it's gotten to me, Doug, <laughs> being like full, full on weeping because I feel like, Oh my gosh, I'm having an encounter, you know, and, but I, I wake up the next day and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that was just a smoke alarm. You know, I can't believe I was so foolish, but God came to me and he's like, no, you're just in a, a journey of discovery wow. and you're going to make mistakes on this journey, but don't worry. I'm going to teach you things along the way. And that is a comfort that we can all have because we're all on this journey learning. Yeah, exactly. I love this, man. I love the stories too, like this. And, you know, I feel the same way as I would rather fall, you know, however you worded it. How did you word that? Which side of the coin do you want to be on? Yeah. You know, and a lot of people think that they can play this, oh, I'm not going to have access or I'm not going to have, you know, look, Thanksgiving's coming up. You make it Thanksgiving, you make more than enough. You don't just make barely enough. Exactly. You make more than yeah. enough because, you know, there's always going to be room for more. And is there room for more in our life of God's goodness? Absolutely. And, you know, when Jesus multiplied the loaves and fish, there were leftovers. And no one was like, oh, Jesus, what a waste. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe you. If he has the mind of God, he could have just like literally calculated. They're like 5,000 people here. Okay, we're going to need this many fish. Bam! And just like made the exact amount of fish, exact amount of loaves necessary. But he made leftovers. And I feel like people are afraid of access. Because they don't know that God's got them. He's going to take care of the excess. He's going to take care of the too much. Or maybe we made a mistake. Or maybe we overcalculated. Or maybe we look too much into this. And I'd rather be hungry to the point of, you know, willing to make mistakes versus being comfortable with a lack in my life. Exactly. That's what I was trying to get to is I'd rather be guilty of excess than having none. And, and Jesus says that in Matthew 13 when he says a parable, why he speaks in parables and he says, because the kingdom of God is hidden in this, and whoever has will be given more. And whoever does not have, even what he had will be taken. And I'm like, I don't want that. I want it. I don't care if I have to be a little bit excessive or people think I'm a nut or something like that. They think we're sometimes, you know, they look at you and I and they think we're nuts. We're seeing stuff and maybe we didn't see. But you know what? It activates something in the heavenly realm. And uh, I think that's what's going on right now. And the, the heavens are opening right now. And there was a shift in the spirit. When you started talking, you told the Bob Jones story, a shift in the spirit. And the glory just opened up. And uh, yeah. Jamie, why don't you just Whew. do some activations of prayer right now for us? Yeah, I can see right now that there are people listening to this. And you feel almost like a hot hand on your shoulder or on your head. You, you feel like heat. That's the angel of the Lord that has been assigned to you. And I just see that God's opening up the heavens right now. And Father, in your presence, we just declare, let the heavens open. As faith comes by hearing and people are hearing this message, that they're going to begin to step into encounters. They're going to begin to have visitations, and they're going to have the confidence to speak about it. They're going to have the boldness to speak about it. They're not going to be ashamed of these encounters. And that you're going to make it make sense. And I thank you that they can go on this journey with you, knowing that you can keep them. 
You can keep them from error. You can keep their foot from slipping. And I just see right now certain ones that are listening to this. You had dreams and you had visions and you even had angelic things when you were a child as you're growing up. And it's almost like you went through a lull, but now they're returning to you. These heavenly encounters are returning to you. And it's because you, you're getting that childlike impartation. And you're starting to experience God from a childlike state. Like, I'm curious. I want more. And so I just see God awakening this in you, this childlikeness. And there's, there's even miracles I, I see that are going to begin to break out in random places in your life. But you're going to begin to identify, wow, there's more here than I didn't know, but there's been multiplication. Or I didn't know, but there's, there's seemingly more here than there was before. And you get to start to see multiplication of food, multiplication of finances, multiplication in every area of your life. And uh, yeah, just, it's like a realm of abundance being opened up to you as you begin to discover and see the message that heaven is conveying to you right now. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah. You know, Doug, in this in this place, man, I just see people, they're hungry for more. And, you know, the biggest thing is you are what you eat. And just feed on, you know, I love podcasts like yours and others. You're feeding people this heavy meal. And it's, it's, it's not Jesus-like. It's like, man, it's the deep things of God the deep things of heaven, and and he wants to give us more. And people right now are listening to this, and I just encourage everyone to stay tuned in, stay plugged in. I want to thank you, Doug, for putting on things like this that people can can glean because I feel in today's world, there's more people trying to get their more, – more podcasts, more things trying to get people's attention and almost distract them from what matters. And uh, this type of stuff matters because it's a it's a it's it's the longing of our heart for more. Yeah, come on, man! I just love this. Uh, we've been talking with Jamie Galloway, and uh, boy, just tell us how we can uh, get in touch with you. Anything you have to offer with your ministry? Yeah, absolutely. If you guys listening to this, go to jamiegalloway.com dot com forward slash angels. There is a free download a digital download, MP3, and it's an incredible story. It's a series of stories that I share some of the heavenly encounters that we've had and where angels have shown up and done phenomenal things, and we see real fruit. You know, for instance, my, my daughter was pronounced to me by an angel, that an angel came to me. One morning, I was preparing for a message and told me that my wife was pregnant, and I called her on the phone. She had no idea. I called her on the phone and said, you're pregnant. This angel just told me. And sure enough, we went and saw a doctor. She was pregnant. It was fascinating. And so we have all of these stories. I put it together in a message for you. Go to jamiegalloway.com forward slash angels, and uh, you can download it there. And if you want to go to just my Instagram, Facebook, any of those places, I, I try to respond to everybody I can. And, uh, but I want to hear from you. Uh, if this has impacted your life, please let me hear from you. I love to hear testimonies and how people are, are seeing breakthrough. And so, uh, let's stay in touch. Yeah. Wow. Also pick up his books. Uh, your two books, what are they? Secrets of the Seer is my latest book. 
you can do that at my website, jamiegalloway.com. And if you do, I give you several things, you know, as part of the package. You go to Amazon, you can get it there. That's simple as well. Uh, but Secrets of the Seer, yeah, it's just super, super easy to read, fun. And uh, it's, it's like 10 different books all in one. Wow. My other book, Supernatural Revolution, that's an older one. But, you know, I remember you wrote in there, Doug, and you, you were very kind to write a little something in my book, Supernatural Revolution. This is the future of ministry. And so I felt like this was a prophetic vision that I had from heaven about the next 100 years. And so we're in that time frame right now. So those are two great reads among others. Yeah, I love you, Ben. I love I love your ministry and uh, your stories were just activating so much in the heavenly realm. And there's going to be people, I tell you, you'll want to listen to this again. You might might even want to play it at night or just put it on the background because it's going to activate something in your spirit and you're going to start stepping into supernatural seer encounters and the Lord is going to bring heaven to earth to you. Jamie, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Doug. I had a blast, and, yeah. I, and I look forward to hearing from you again, man. Yeah. You're always a blessing and always a blast to hang around. Love you, man. All right, everybody. See you soon. Thanks for listening to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com.